What up, what's happening? My name is Faust, a.k.a. Faust, the bad guy. Big shout-outs to Afrobits Intelligence. Afrobits Intelligence Podcast. Afrobeats Intelligence. Democratizing African music. So it's, it's good to see you. Um, it's good to see you. This is a nice apartment. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you lived here? Um, not too long actually. Uh, probably like end of end of twenty twenty, so barely over a year ish, kind of. Yeah. Huh. I once spoke to a friend who was also an artist who said he changes apartments depending on the level that his career is at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that 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 would kind of apply to every man. Okay. You know, depending on where you are in life. Uh, your your wherever you're living will definitely reflect that. So it's probably not only artists that have that. And for you, is that true for you in any way? I mean, I definitely had to, you know, um, change. Yeah, I, I would say yeah to an extent. I had to change where I was where I was uh, living before because where I was living before was basically shared shared accommodation. Uh, you know, a couple of my guys. You know, all this bachelor party type. Yeah, level now. You know, just you and a couple of G's. <laughs> then what makes you where you have all the parties where you have all that you know but yeah. I guess certain level of growth yeah certain, certain level of uh, maturity yeah, to use that word loosely <laughs> <laughs> um, just and just the, the principal thing to be honest with you just wanting my own space man my space is very important to me um, but you had you had your space with your other people, didn't you? My brother, not enough, not sufficiently. My space was very intruded upon, um, not by anyone's intentional doing, but it just so happened like that. If you leave, if you don't live alone, there's only a certain level of privacy you can have, which is basically your room. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> the rest of it is not your space, really. Uh -huh. uh, you know, primarily. So that was the main thing. Just needing my own space. My space is very important to me. When I'm existing in this life. Yeah. Very, very important. There are times when I don't even want to see a soul. I just want to be by myself in my solitude, in my own controlled environment. But, but making music, making music requires a lot of solitude, does it? For you? For me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in that your alone time, what are you doing um, without anybody, just by yourself? Mostly, mostly thinking. Okay. <laughs> mostly thinking, just thinking, random thinking. Um, they're supposed to give me a word for overthinking. Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> think and think. Um, also writing, you know, writing uh, lyrics. Um, it's it's usually in the middle of the, all these deep deep thinking sessions that uh, ideas for lyrics come, and you know, I just pen them down. Hmm. So, do you has, has there been any of these times when you've also had ideas while with a lot of people? Um. Yeah, of course, of course, very possible, very possible, especially when uh, it's a studio vibe and there's a couple of different artists together, you know, everyone is just bouncing ideas, of course, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sometimes I'm just with my guys, but I'm just being silly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun, right? A lot of these things come, and, you know, these things came also largely um, in that in that old space I was existing, because, you know, I just have my guys around, I would just be messing around, I would say things, things that end up becoming you know, culture shaping 
phrases or yeah. slangs or, or you know the, the word on size yeah. there's something light for real <laughs> the yellow base you know all these okay that's what I'm saying all these culture shaping ideas a lot of them were just me just having fun with your people with my guys and it just the idea just came was there a difference between like that, that idea that comes from those sort of situations and the ones that come from you just being by yourself in your room or what, in your space the, alone. The difference I would say, largely, probably the ones the ones that come when I'm alone are usually maybe a tad deeper. Okay. You know, there's probably more reflective lyrics, probably more uh, uh, in-depth lyrics, lyrics that they're probably the, the more storytelling lyrics. Because you're soul-searching. I'm still searching. And, you know, at the end of the day also, even even after I get the vibe, the, the joint vibe, I catch that joint vibe with a couple guys or whatever. Yeah. And even if we say, yeah, the vibe now is uh, something light and I still want to write that story of it, that verse I probably will still do in solitude. I work best when I'm on my own, basically. Oh. Yeah. So you know, when it comes to actually telling the story yeah. on a record, for example, yeah. I want to be by myself when I'm thinking about that story and arranging that story, you know, and putting the words together. Much of your life, much of your career has been storytelling. Yeah. I look at you and I, I don't see an artist. I see someone who trades in stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I say it. Like you, you, you trade stories. Yeah. Uh, you just find various mediums to do that. Yeah. This is true. Um, which is true. Look at your work, your music, you're telling stories. One of the reasons why we fell in love with you at the start yeah. was because you tell stories. One of the reasons why we're still with you and why we're, why we're, following everything that you make in the studio is because you continue to move us along with stories. And when you go into Nollywood, you do the same thing. Um, in your, in your comedy, you do the same thing. And there are times when you have found ways to weave stories across different mediums through each other. And it's just like this Faust universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you ever looked at it like this? Yeah, I, I've kind of always looked at it like this. I've always looked at myself as a storyteller. Yeah. You know, I've always been that kind of artist and I will never stop being that kind of artist. That is my, you know, a, a very vital part of my own angle to artistry. Yeah. You know, it's a very important aspect. Just painting pictures for you to see so vividly, you know. Yeah, man. What informs these pictures? Um, Mostly inspired by events, uh, people that I come across, yeah, things that happen, my immediate environment, life experiences, yeah, you know, um, yeah, man, just mostly, I mostly catch a vibe from my immediate surroundings. So, in a manner of speaking, someone has to have lived to be able to tell certain stories. Not necessarily. Someone has to. Someone has to have a combination of living and being a great sponge. Oh, in that you soak up what what what's popping around you. You soak up stories. You soak up even stories that you consume. Sure. From stories you consume, you could be inspired. You know, you can combine that with... You just have to be a good curator as well. Yeah. I think, oh, um, yeah. I've never... Okay. Yeah, I think that's also an, 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 uh, a skill that I've picked up on this journey of artistry. I've become a beautiful curator. So but sometimes before we go into the curator part, because 
I've never looked at the curator angle of it. I've only seen the, I can connect with being a sponge. Yeah. I can connect with soaking up everything, yeah. having your receptors open every time to collect uh, things from your environment, from your people and, you know. But these stories sometimes, um, being someone who is a sponge, you absorb and absorb and absorb and absorb from your environment. What does that do to you as a person? Do you think, does it make you, do you think it makes you wiser? Do you think it, it gives you more empathy? What does that do to you? How does that shape who you are as a Definitely person? Definitely makes you wiser. I, I, would, I would say, yeah. It adds to you. Okay. There's a, there's a, an expression that forever follow me. And that is one of lifelong learning. Yeah. Throughout life, for as long as you're alive, you are learning. Sure. Learning never ever stops, my brother. So if I'm hanging out with you and you say something and it hits me in a certain way, I would have to stop for a minute to say, oh, mom, that is true. Yeah. I'll take that and hold it and keep it somewhere. I've learned something from you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's continuous. If somebody else does another thing, I keep that. You know, I have to be so open to receiving and not being overly stuck in my ways and like, oh, I can't change this. No, no, this is not how this, no, I have to be open enough to say that ah, maybe this thing I've been seeing this way is not actually this way. Or maybe yeah. this is actually the way. Oh, what if it's like this? Or what if it's like this? You know, just having that open canvas, if you like, to be able to paint any picture. And are there stories that have, are there stories that you've consumed, stories that you've as, uh, assimilated, that have literally, that have moved you in a way that, that has been very pivotal to your existence. Sorry, as that again. <laughs> has there been stories that you've consumed, or stories that you've stumbled on, or things that you've observed, and they have moved you? They have been so pivotal in your in your life, in your career, and the way you've conducted your business, or even as a person. Yeah, yeah. I think I think on a daily basis. Okay. I think on a daily basis. I think one major one is just the story of Nigeria, bro. <laughs> yeah, you bleed you bleed for this country. <laughs> the story of Nigeria, bro, just existing here. And maybe because I'm such a I'm a, I'm an artist that completely exists where he is. Yeah. I'll tell you what I mean by that. I can't my art cannot be removed from the world that I live in. From the world that it's created within. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or from the world that I the creator exists in. Okay. Do you hear what I mean? I get you. Yeah. So even if I'm creating in London, because I, I'm resident in Nigeria, a certain emotion covers me. Could be one of frustration. Could be one of anger. Yeah. Could be one of what the fuck is going on here, bro? You know, so those emotions will obviously translate into what I'm writing. It, it's inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. I'd, I'd come back to Nigeria and your how you see the country and why you constantly continue to fight and bleed for the country and do like something that you don't even need to do. Yeah, of course. But you do it. Yeah. So we'll get there. But I want to talk about curation a bit. Mm. So you're bombarded with all of these stories. I'm trying to get into like your head as a creator. Okay, okay. So you're, bon you're bombarded with all these stories. You're assimilating them every day. How do you now know which stories would work? Which stories you would have to tell? Okay, so I guess that that is then where your skill or gift as a curator then comes in. For example, I'll give you a good example. I was watching, I was watching Ozark. 
Yeah, I love I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. I love I love Wendy. I'm a, I'm a Wendy fan. <laughs> bro, Ozark. Such an amazing series, bro. Such an amazing, so thrilling, so gripping. Yes, it is. Everything. I was watching it in in, in the thick of do you lockdown. Be, do you binge watch it? Yes, now when it comes, yeah, I've been watching it. I I had to give them. <laughs> it was only the last the last uh, part that they just released. Yeah. Um. That was that was the only one I watched on its own. The rest of it I had binge watched at once. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, in 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 the heart of lockdown, yeah, I was watching this, and there was one scene in Ozark where uh, my Marie and Wendy were in therapy. Yeah. With that uh elderly woman. Yeah. The elderly therapist. Yes. <laughs> the one they were bribing. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually met her. Was hello. Yeah. No, but yeah. Um. The, that scene where they were interacting with the therapist, there was something so gripping in that scene. Something that held me so spellbound and so entertained. That I was like, oh my God, this is such a profound scene. Yeah. And I promise you that that scene on its own, just that scene inspired the idea for an entire show. Whoa. Yeah, bro. Therapy from that the show therapy that I did with Tokemakiwa Bovi. So that is why I said that okay. your skill as a curator has to come into play. Me watching that, so many people watch that. Yeah, but me watching that scene, it hit me in a different way. Sure, it hit me like this is way beyond a scene. This is an entire experience. So much can be revealed in this thing. So I then imagined, so that's why you have to constantly throw yourself into situations and imagine these situations. Yeah. Imagine that scenario, but in this context. Yeah. <laughs> in this context with a, with our own story, you know, and something a lot more comedic. Yeah. You know, and not just them, it was very serious. Like yeah. it was deep, it was serious. But here, I just imagine it a lot more comedic and imagine a chaotic therapist again. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is genius this will just be brilliant and then we went ahead to execute the show and it turned out to be excellent yes <laughs> yes it was beautiful i think it's one of yeah. the i think it was one of your standout things that you've ever done yeah, yeah. as a creator yeah. and you know that has been birthed even that has now birthed another bigger idea because now we're going to spin it off we're going to spin it off and create a bigger show, you know. Now we want to delve into their family, their personal family life, their close friends, you know. So we want to build the characters and yes, expand, now, expand. A, a bigger show about their lives. As we're working on right now like these. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. That's, that's beautiful. Just some form. Yeah, just very, it's tiny, something that... It's tiny part of And that's why I, I'm a creator... A big part of me being a creator is me being a consumer. Okay. Yeah. People never want to talk about that. That you yeah. need to have, for you to create, you need raw materials. Yes, now. And those raw materials come from consumption of, of all that, other people's of creativity. Other people's exactly. Oh, my brother, almost, not, almost absolutely nothing is new under the sun. Yeah. You know, so making variations, adaptations, you know, is one thing you have to be very openly, uh, you know, you know uh, uh, very open to. Um, yeah, man. So that that that's a big part of, of my art. And so when you consume these things and you're curating and creating alongside each other, how do you now know 
what goes to music, what goes to Nollywood, what goes to Instagram, what goes to TikTok, what yeah. goes to... How, how do you run this mail? You have to just figure it out by yourself, kind of. <laughs> so, for example, even this one I just gave, first thing that comes to me, first, first things first, whatever I'm doing has to be sufficiently unique and sufficiently different from where I've originally been inspired. Yeah. You know, and have a life, so much so that it has a life of its own. It has its own essence. Its own essence, its own entity. You know, that's number one thing. The second thing is then, okay, what is this thing? What is the best form that it will thrive in? That, that one, when I thought about it, I was like, oh man, this is definitely going to be a series. It has to be recurrent. Yeah. We're going to talk about so many issues. Sure. Okay, but then where does this series go? How come? Okay, it's a pretty much straightforward series because everything happens in one place. Okay, how about I make it a web series? So, you know, it seems like it's, it's not too elaborate in the sense that we're, you know, doing different uh, setups. It's just one setup. Yeah. You know, everything happens here. Different topics, one crazy couple and a crazy therapist. You know, and did you you did the casting yourself? Yeah, well, yeah, myself and my team. You know, we just said I shared the idea with my team. I was like, "This is what we want to do." I was like, "Wow, this is mad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took him work for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. Work as the therapist. Oh yeah, Josh work work as a pastor. <laughs> and uh, that it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, and that's just how we throw ideas around, man. Okay, and and then so knowing how important consumption is in all the things that you create, um, knowing how the things that you put into your head and inspire your work. And in a manner, in a, if you look at it, if you simply, if you expand it more, it's like the things you consume drive your car, your career drives your work, which drives your career. And to a certain degree drives your existence. Mm -hmm. So at the heart of everything is what you allow gets into you. Yeah. 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 I think that is pretty much it. What you allow. Yes. So it's along the lines of what I was saying earlier on lifelong learning, yeah. Being readily available to learn at every point in your life. Two, being a sponge. Being ready to assimilate right. something beautiful when you see. And the third is being a beautiful curator. Take all these things that you've learned and assimilated. Find a way to create something sufficiently distinct. Yeah. That it has its own essence. And something that a few people. So these are different steps. You consume. You consume your receptors, assimilate. You pass them through your filter and by the time you bring them out again it's a different it's, it's, of course it has elements of where you got them from but it's, an, it's a different entity on its own now of course and now you move to execution so that movement between your brain like when you consume and when you move to execution a lot of people experience some form of inertia mm -hmm. some resistance towards bringing this idea to life mm -hmm. does that ever happen to you? Yes, now. Yes. In what way? Um, at times you have doubts, you know, ah, would this thing be good in this light? Okay. Or would it not be good? Should I burn it? You know, I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, when I consumed Childish Gambino's This Is America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was another beautiful one. I initially didn't think anything. Yeah. Well, I, of course, I thought <laughs> this is a strong body of work, you know. But what I mean by that, I, I hadn't started doing anything yet. Yeah, I haven't personalized it. Until I spoke to a friend of mine and he was like, have you ever thought about in a uh, uh, this this jam and video 
but from a Nigerian perspective. And even he probably had just mentioned it in passing, like he probably didn't realize what he had done. Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, hold up, hold up, just, whoa, do you know how profound that would be? Yeah. And that same night, my brother, I went to the studio and, you know, I already had some lyrics I was writing, you know, in that direction. I just adapted them uh-huh. for that purpose, to that beat. Well, you had lyrics that spoke to that sort of situation. I spoke to that, yeah, exactly. Then I now adapted them to that beat, to that creation, and recorded that. As soon as I finished recording it, I sent it to my manager, and I was like, yo, guy, I want to shoot a video that somehow spoofs the original, but in this context. He was like, mm, I don't think the video is necessary. Just drop the audio. I said, no. <laughs> listen to me. This product is not complete without that video. Like, if, you, if you can go ahead, John, if you try and run it, if you think but, so. But, but the visuals contain all the magic. <laughs> My brother, I said till today, I still look at him and I said, Shabi, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in that moment of that taking this and translating to this, he had doubts. Mm-hmm. That might not be necessary, but... But I was so vivid in what I was seeing that I said, no, <laughs> I have to follow through with everything. So you have to be able to beat those doubts and be certain that, you know, you're making the right decision, following through. Yeah, and that one turned out to be, I mean, of course, there are times where you could be wrong too. And no one is perfect. No one has the full blueprint. But you have to really genuinely believe in your artistry. You, that's, that's beautiful. And and you also you you're also you're also a an industry man. And I don't say an industry man from a place where you well, I speak from this from this perspective. You work with a lot of people at every point in time. All a lot of your projects are collaborative. So you move from a place like the music industry where everything revolves around you to Nollywood, where you're a part of a machine. And, yeah, but that's it. In Hollywood, you might be a star, but you always you have to be a part of a machine. You can't make a movie by yourself, but you can make an album by yourself. Yep. So in music, everything revolves around the artist. In Hollywood, everything revolves around the product. Every other person is a cog to fit in. And in comedy, again, it revolves around you, except when you do some productions that people, with yeah. other people and then it moves. Mm. And you fit into those boxes well you move through these lines very smoothly and sweetly how do you do it how do you how do you have to navigate that you have to be flexible okay if you want to be the kind of artist that i am just this multi-dimensional multifaceted artist um a lot of musical artists because of what you said everything revolves around you so a lot of musical artists end up being self-centered you know self-centered in their core and that affects pretty much anything that they do. So they would find it difficult to thrive in all these other scenarios because they're used to being the center of everything. Yeah. However, I'm very okay with taking myself out of that and looking at the bigger picture. Okay, this is the big product that everyone is trying to achieve. And if I exceptionally destroy my path, I am still a star inside this big product. Yeah. But then the teamwork... You know, everybody destroying their parts. Do you know what I'm saying? Makes the entire product 
even more exceptional. I'm a huge believer in collaborations. Bring your talent, I bring my talent. What we create together is magic. It's always going to be magic because there's different, it's like putting different spices in a pot, yeah. which are going to taste at the end of the day will be so mad versus when you put only rice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? True. Yeah. True. Um, okay. I want to go into, I want us to talk about a bunch of things. I, I want us to flesh out Nollywood and your involvement. In it. I also want to talk about music and your involvement in it. I also want to talk about comedy as its own conversation in itself. Because um, I love comedy. I consume a lot of comedy. I think it's a, I think it's one of the older skills that should never die out. Can, can never die. But society changes all the time. And mm. we, we can see this happen even in the US and locally too. A few people have run for how in the past comedy used to be like people just talking shit. Mm -hmm. Like people would just see the world, imagine it in the most interesting way. If they want to pass a message, they pass a message in the most hilarious way. And now with sensibilities changing and, mm -hmm. you know, there's something called cancel culture mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people are less open to hearing things that they don't want to hear. Mm. That changes things. Yeah. Yeah, like what happened with Will Smith as well, Abby? Yes. Mm -mm, I feel you. That's also a thing. Like you do something also, people are more careful now. You do something also, people are like, okay, how, and you know one misstep is just enough to invalidate every other thing that you've ever done. It's messed up for, for the artists. It's really messed up for the artists because limits creativity. If there's anything that is bad in life, is that thing that limits creativity thing that doesn't allow you operate with a huge spectrum with an open canvas yeah so you can only paint on this side yeah and then becomes you know, like i'm being restricted i can't really operate to the fullest of my capabilities but you also have to understand where it's coming from it's you know it's very understandable like you said earlier on is people feeling like oh this does offend me or this does offend me and man it's tough man <laughs> So, so the world is just, yeah, the world is moving and, you know, what can we do? Okay. So for music. Yeah. Um, music first. For music, you, you're a rapper. Yeah. At heart. Pr primarily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one what, what thing I love, one thing I love the most. Yeah. About my career and the kind of artist that I've been able to establish myself as. Yeah. Is that it's almost difficult to say, this is what this guy is. <laughs> sure. Because this guy is this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Yeah. The first time we ever consumed you, when we went to your first, your first project, it was rap. Mm -hmm. When you were in the UK. Yeah. And you were looking in. Yeah. It was rap he used as your, as your entry into the market. And then the more we moved forward, it's almost as if you... You showed so much adapt adaptability within the space while not losing your original essence, your wordplay, your storytelling, all of that. But you found a way to speak the language of the people always. Let's, let's talk about your adaptability. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much what we have been talking about um, leading up to now, you know, just being able to curate, yeah. able to see, okay, come. This is sweet. This is what these people love to listen to. Yeah. This is what I want to say. This is how to merge them both. 
in the best way possible. And that was pretty much it. Like you said, predominantly it was rap, you know, rap music. What's Up Guy was, yeah, What's Up Guy was 20, it was even 2014. 2014, yeah. Uh, my first mixtape was in 2009. Yeah. You know, while I was still in uni, finished uni 2010. 11, 12, 13, I was still putting out stuff. So stringing together my first album in 2014, um, What's Up Guy, it, it coincided with me bringing out this comedic character. Yeah. Especially online. And it, it, for me, it was, I stumbled on it, you know. How? Because at that point, rappers, was, rappers are not supposed to be comedians. Yeah. So in a way, you broke that mold. Yeah. You pushed past that ceiling. Yeah. You made people see that it was possible for you to live a dual existence at that point. Yeah. For me, making music from the very beginning and um, maybe also thanks to inspiration from greats like, like Kanye West, for example. Yeah. At the time that Kanye was popping, rappers were not meant to be dressing in the way that he was dressing. True. You know, Kanye came through with Ralph Lauren polo shirts, uh, skinny jeans, <laughs> like <laughs> Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. Lupe Fiasco was on a skateboard. Yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? Are you a rapper? But these guys were creating beautiful art. Yeah. Pharrell, Pharrell was a different type as well. Yeah. You know, so taking inspirations from these these sort of guys, I, I guess that sort of helped as well. Because creating music from the very beginning, I always knew I wasn't going to be a cliche type of rapper. Yeah. I'm not going to be the good old, oh, yeah, hip hop, yeah, yeah, man, what up? I'm always going to come through with my own spin on the art. Yeah. So for me, I was always very open to that. Um, The point in time where that shift came was, like I said, I stumbled on it and it was like, I was just messing around. Um, I, I think I, I was on holiday with family at the time. Yeah. And I'd done a funny video, you know, talking in that uh, funny accent on, <laughs> on a video that was recorded. I can't never forget. Recorded on an iPad. This yeah. was iPad era, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> iPad. This was the era where Instagram had 15 second videos. Yeah. You know, that was the limit. You have to squeeze all your creativity in there. <laughs> but... At this time, it wasn't even, I wasn't even intending, you know, I was just messing around. And um, I did a video and I posted up and I saw like the response to it. I was like, ah, what's going on here? <laughs> and just was a random video. Random video. I think I was just saying that, oh, I'm not coming back to Africa. You know, that this, this weather in Europe is good for me. Something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, when I saw that, that's when I knew that this is a character that I had been messing around, you know, with probably with siblings, just private. Yeah. And I hadn't really brought this character out. Okay. They definitely want to see a lot more of this guy. Yeah. So then after that, it was orchestrated. It was like, okay, now I'm going to put more thoughts into this. Put more thoughts into this. And every single skit following that was orchestrated. Dead plan. I think the very first one that went st stupid viral was the one where I was like, oh, um, I'm a young man from Yoruba here out of Nigeria. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember. Especially for a young lady. <laughs> that one, people believed that, okay, this guy is actually lost and he's looking for a bit. People, like, that's how convincing the character was. Yeah. And people's moms, people's aunties, uncles were sending this thing around on WhatsApp. <laughs> that's how stupid viral it was and 
from then onwards, that's when I saw that, okay, this thing was beyond me and I had to keep it going. And I watched, literally watched my following grow in a, a senseless manner. And, and when this was happening and you were getting this love, it was this. Did you, were you thinking about your music at this point? Of course not. So that's where I was going. <laughs> I watched my following grow in a senseless manner, ridiculous. Um, it, it then grew to a certain level. And then now at this level, I'm known, like people actually know who this guy is. Yeah. But then people know this guy as a funny guy. Yeah. So I sat down, called my management team. I said, look, ah, things are going well. Yeah, that's beautiful, but I'm having problems somewhere. These guys know me, but they think of me as a as comedian. A comedian. However, this my music is my pee. So what are we gonna do? And then from then onwards, it became very intentional. Yeah. Everything comedic I was doing was always linked back to the music. Because I'm not gonna take this back from you because it's not what I want you. No, I, I see it's beautiful. I see it's getting me a certain level of following i'm just gonna find a way to merge they're both arts that go very beautiful beautifully well together so why not and that intersection is so beautiful because you have people's emotion connected via laughter and then you're giving them more yeah with music it just flows yeah. and the music had always been there the music had always been good you know i just needed that opening yeah and my opening was humor you know, that was the way for me to find out that that was my opening. Everyone always needs an opening. It's very difficult to get in. You might have exceptional talent, but you need an opening. Yeah. Because if you don't get that opening, nobody will hear your talent, you know. So I got that opening with humor. And, you know, from then onwards, I just linked everything together, married the two with everything, with the, the, the challenges. Bro, before everybody started doing challenge, challenge. <laughs> the challenge since we're Instagram be 15 seconds. My brother, Elobe. Yeah, the Elobe challenge ah, was mad. It's not even marry me challenge, then Elobe challenge, then uh, celebrity girlfriend, Karishika, Wedonsa. They, bro, there were so many. It was like back to back to back, and everyone was huge. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. So I'm I'm grateful for the way that everything played out. It helped me to shape culture. It helped me to set a precedent. And if there's anything I've always wanted to be is be unorthodox. Sure. And in this this format that you've used, it's it's become a well uh, trodden format because we've seen Tenny Tenny also had that opening from comedy. Black Bones has has had as recently 2022 some had the opening also from comedy. I'm throwing comedy and with the music. Does, do you feel proud? No, it's, it's beautiful to see, man. You know, like I said, there's always going to be exceptional talent. We're blessed in this country, bro. In this continent, we're overblessed. So that exceptional talent exists. However, you need that opening. If you can find your opening with comedy, if you can find your opening in any other way, just make sure that you take advantage. Grab it with both hands. It's beautiful to see, man. So by the time you got to this project, Stories That Touch, in, 20, in 2015, you had already become a star. You've become Fowls. Everyone finally have known you. I, I, I believe Stories That Touch was where you did your magic. 
to finally seal this for everyone to say, this person kills it here. This person also kills it here. For me, the content of your, so I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at Karashika, I'm looking at soft work. And I say, you mixed a lot of humor in these records. How did you find the right balance to maintain, you know, artistic brilliance in music while also giving people that comedy? Was it hard to find that spot? My brother, you just try your best, you know, like <laughs> at the time for me, you know, of course I made a conscious effort to do that. Yeah. But, you know, you never know that you're doing it perfectly well until you see how it's, you know, how it's being received. But I just, you know, definitely made a conscious effort to find the right balance between uh, this and that. And like you said, um, I, I had already reached a certain level of acclaim by yeah. the time I dropped this project. Yeah. But this was that pro. This was that pro. Like, okay, when I don't give me chance, I'll be, yeah. you are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, on this project, most surely, I, I'm very interested in a record like Soldier. Soldier was so big. And it was, it was not the standard record. It was just pure storytelling. So, record like Soldier became so big um, across generations. Every demographic could connect. Were you, how did you, how did you come up with this? So I met Simi, I met Simi around that time. Okay. And um, I heard, initially heard Simi around that time. And I, um, I was blown away. Okay. And um, I remember it was jam question I heard. Yeah. And um, <laughs> probably one of the first few times this kind of thing happened to me as well. As soon as I heard the song, Jam. I wrote a verse. Jam question. Yeah. Okay. I wrote the verse. Like I didn't even tell the artist I was writing. <laughs> I just wrote the verse. And um, I reached out to her and I just sent it to her. And she was like, What are you are you crazy? And um we made the the remix yeah. where I actually had a verse on the record. And then we shot it, shot a video and all that stuff. And us spending more time uh, you know, doing more music and she had literally done just the first part, first part of the song, Soldier. Yeah. She had recorded it roughly somewhere before. She played for me. <laughs> and I paused in my tracks and I said, do you know what we have here? <laughs> she, I, I feel like at the time, even she didn't really realize what it was yet. That's what happens when you create too much. There's always something. <laughs> hey. I was like, yeah, 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 this is what we're going to do with this record. You know, it's going to be a discussion. going to be a discussion. You are, you know, there's this man that is aggressively trying to move to you, but you're not having it. And that's why you're saying, soldier, go, soldier, come. Soldier, do what you want. Just do, I know do, no be this kind I want. And I'm going to completely embody that militant, aggressive approach that a lot of men actually have and they think it's cool. Yeah. But <laughs> on this song, we're basically making a mockery of that. It's like, you know, it's sarcastic, but it's vivid, you know? So that, that was the kind of literature that we did on that record. It was beautiful, man. It Thank worked you. so much. Appreciate was it surprising for you people, for, for, for her? Cause you saw it. Yeah. I mean, I knew this was a beautiful, beautiful record. Um, yeah, I think I think it, it still became surprising to be honest, because like you said, it's not the normal kind of jam. It isn't. It's not the normal kind of jam. It's not the normal uh, tumba tumba. 
it's it's premium music and I feel like any song can be a hit as long as it's beautiful. I, I share the same sentiment. So I share the same view, rather. And you guys, that partnership, you guys moved it into a project, chemistry, beautiful project. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen a collaboration project that could properly embody the best of two people as much from this part, as much as that project carried. It carried you both side by side, such a balance. And for that lead single, Chemistry also, still one of my favorite to date. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we discovered something, you know, from Jam Quest joining to Soldier. Discovered that there was a, there was a meeting point. Yeah. With both artists and that meeting point was in storytelling, you know, as much as we both had our different flavors, you know, we met at a point where we were both storytellers and both vivid with it. And we had to create something together. You know, chemistry, classic, classic. One of the most profound collaborative projects to date. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, and I'm super excited I did it. But that season, that time when you were, when you were recording these projects with uh, Simi, and you guys were linked, not just as artists, but publicly linked as lovers or something. How was that dynamic between you guys then? I mean, it was funny. Yeah, it was funny because she she has always been with Adikunle, you know. Yeah, I know. She, and even at the time, I knew. I didn't know him as well yet at the time, but I knew that, of course, she had a boyfriend. His name is Adikunle Go, you know. And all through that time, we knew what was popping, but we also knew what people thought was popping. Yeah. Well, of course, we have to. You guys leaned into it. enjoy <laughs> It's important. <laughs> so we enjoyed it. And um, the music also encouraged it, you know, making a song called Chemistry, for example, is, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> making the, uh, uh, doing the album art that we did. Yeah. Where there's this level of intimacy. It's like, True. whoa, what's going on here? These guys are up to something. <laughs> I know people live for that shit. Yes, they do. Anything love story, anything yes. love affair, you want love it, wow. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> so that was pretty much, um, yeah, what it was. And then you moved to 27. And with 27, I think one of the ways you announced, one of the ways you announced 27 was via the statement song, Bad, Bad, or Baddest. Bringing, I think it's one of the most genius moves that have ever been pulled. You're bad, uh, Bado, Davido, Bado, and Olamide, baddest. Nobody saw it. Yeah. And to bring everybody together on a song and to make a song of that magnitude was brilliant. Big shout out to um, Cess, the problem kid. Um, a, produce, a producer that I've worked with countless times and at the time we were, we were making a lot of music together and um we must have been just vibing in the studio and just i don't know <laughs> sometimes we just say all these crazy terms and it, they just become something it's, it's it's wild it's it's almost like magic but it always happens with us myself says and you know a couple of all other guys on the team um so at the time i think we just somehow arrived on that phrase bad bad upadis and the guy was like yo yo do you know what will be mad <laughs> do you know what will be mad I said what will be mad so if you do a jam you Olamide and David do bad 
battle buddies. I see, yeah, I see no more, bro. <laughs> so you one of those, one of those like, light bulb moments. Yeah. And I was like, yo, oh, shit. Yeah. Crazy. I reached out to them and instantly they saw it. Instantly they saw it. And um, how, how, do, how did you now choose the direction to move everyone to? You see, at that time we were just making music. I mean, I, I still do that as much as possible to date. Just make music based on how you're feeling. And, you know, when we thought of the idea, what came to mind was something with a stupendous bounce. Something that is just so hype, man high energy and something, of course, that would be a middle ground for all three. And that's why we went in trap way. And the kind of energy that we injected into that record, bro, to date, it has not been replicated on any other record. Every time I perform that song, it's like the crowd is possessed. Yes, it is. It's unbelievable, bro. It was, it was the, I think it, it's the perfect Nigerian trap song just it's ah no nah, man the energy in that record definitely definitely one of my favorite songs to perform and with a project like 27 i think 27 contained some of your even before moral instruction made its way to us 27 was i think it was a primer for moral instruction yeah contained a lot of the message but it also gave us it wasn't it also gave us a lot to dance to yeah to party with yeah yeah, 27 was a, a mix of emotions. It was a bittersweet uh, kind of project. It was me feeling like uh, I was hitting a milestone. Yeah, and um, were you 27 then? I was turning 27 uh, on the 27th of October, 2017. Yeah. I was like, this 27 is coming up a lot this year, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I just thought, why not name the album 27? Because it's like, that is the point where you are in your life right now and your career. and that's how you're feeling. And um, yeah, so, you know, like I said, it was a mix of a couple different emotions, a lot of feel good stuff, but still a lot of uh, conscious stuff. And it was also in 27 that I first attended your Files Live. And what I saw there, I think that your first ever, was it your first or second, ed first edition? Files Experience, are we? Yes. Uh, yeah, 2017. So 2017 was the first edition now because I knew you built a lot of the set around 27. And I was like, yo, you started on time. You, you didn't just make it a concert. It felt like we were all a part of the production. I want to know about Faust's life. The Faust's experience has always been... The Faust's experience, sorry. Yeah, Faust's experience. I, Faust I keep mentioning life yeah. because of your recent show. The, the Faust's experience is um, always going to be that kind of show, you know, the idea as we conceptualized it from the very beginning yeah. was if I'm going to have my own concert where I headline and, you know, I make it a recurring thing, I don't want to just come and do normal show. I've never been normal artist. Sure. <laughs> You've never that's, done. That's not, it's never been me. I'm not normal. So if I'm doing this, I have to put a different twist to it. Yeah. And that was what we ended up coming up with. It's almost like a mix between concert theater yeah you know uh comedy is like it's a blend of all it's like you're at a broadway show yeah it's it's like you're in a in a fucking theater bro it's it's wild yes but at the same time you're still in a concert 
So it's everything together. Um, the two editions that we've done so far, um, we've kept it kept it going. Like you said, we always start on time and we we'll always emphasize and let you know we are not going to start late. Come early, you. <laughs> and um, beautiful things are served in small doses. Yeah. You know, it's early. We start on time. We make sure the show has ended by midnight and everybody can go to the after party. Yes. Yeah. And and you, you did that so well because in that show, it's like you found a way to not just incorporate people, but actually when you work, you don't just incorporate people into your thing. You make them be themselves, but still within that environment that you've created for everybody to thrive. So shout out to you on that. Thank you, bro. And it also brings me into moral instruction and this part of your career, your activism. Moral instruction, yes, the project has so much for us and everything. It's one of the best projects that Conscious Project has been ever released. Well, for you, I know you've also spoken about like you cannot divest yourself of the environment that you're in, that you that you created. But why do you have to do it? People have said it's your, it's your family because of the father you have. But why do you have to do it for you? Compassion. Um, compassion. I look around me, I observe, I see what's going on. I'm displeased. I'm dissatisfied. I'm not comfortable existing in this sort of space. Um, also feeling, feeling a sense of loss of identity. But you are comfortable and insulated. I'm comfortable and there's AC in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the bulk of us are the exact opposite of that, bro. The majority of us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're the country with the highest population of poor people in the world, bro. In the world. <laughs> sure. In the world. Um, India has like maybe four times our population. Like total population. Yeah. But we still have more poor people than India. Now try and imagine that, bro. Just Just try and imagine what that is like. Existing here, I'm thinking, oh, oh, me, I'm good, though. There's AC miles. Am I really good? Because what then am I living for? Yeah. What is my, if my own brothers, my own sisters existing in the same environment aren't even well off, then what's the point? You know, I have to constantly speak about these. I, I can't not speak about these things and... When I say loss of identity, I also feel like it's a it's a bigger problem because as Africans, yeah, as black people as a whole, we are lost. We are lost. And this this what I'm saying right now is the actual root of the problem. Even I'm just figuring it out. You know, all the complaints, all the consciousness has just been uh uh, uh, motivated by compassion and just needing to not be existing in this manner. But now I'm even realizing the problem is a lot deeper. We've lost, we've completely lost touch of who, who the hell we are. And that's why things continue getting worse. As Africans, we don't know that the only true way yeah. to move forward is by subscribing to the ideology that is Pan-Africanism. Now, a lot of the greats, Fela Kuti, Nelson Mandela, Domo Sankara, 
a lot of these great heroes, great African leaders stood for this and preached this majority of their lives and their career. Pan-Africanism, looking inward, how to be the best version of ourselves, how to be industrious in our own way without assistance of any external people or races. How to be truly independent. Truly independent. And self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. Produce everything that you that you need to consume. You know, if I'm if I'm speaking to you now as a black man, I ask you, oh, bro, I like this shit really well. Where you get that from? China. You, you tell me, no, you say it's imported. It's imported. That's the expression. To you, that's a flex. But are you mad? What do you mean it's imported? Where is the one that you are making in your country then? So what are you? Oh, I'm a Nigerian Christian. Okay, you are. Why are you Christian? Yeah. Is this just because this is the religion that the European man brought and gave to you? That's why you still are up until today? Or, or you did the work to go find out what you truly believe in? What did your forefathers believe in? What did, what did your forefathers believe in before the European man arrived and imposed these on you? On you? What, what do you know about your history? You know, a lot of people don't bother taking a back step to think we have just completely lost touch of who we are. So we're just trying to be a version that they've told us we are not really the best versions of ourselves. These religions that I speak of, that used to be our own indigenous religions. Now, when we look at them, we say, ah, jazz, mm -hmm. you are worshiping idol. That's what people will say to you. Or if you, they worship Ifa, your own, Shongo, your own, our own, own gods, gods. Ogun, the, our own gods, our own local tradition, they will say you are worshiping idol. What do you mean by idol? Someone told you it was an idol. Say, oh, whether it's Jesus Christ or whether it's Islam or both religions were brought to us by Europeans. And the Middle Easterns. Yeah. For, for Islam, yeah, the, the Arabs. Yeah. I mean, the origin of the origin of Islam is even a bit more complicated. But at least we shall know that none of the religions originated is originally yeah. us. Everything that is originally us we've continued to run away from because we've been told that everything that is black is low. Everything that is black is bad and we have believed it for so long. So deeply traumatized we are as a people. And you think that spills into how we conduct ourselves? Of course now, because you don't even, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you love yourself? So because you don't love yourself, that's why you would treat another man like dirt. That's why the stupid bastard man that is in power is only concerned about enriching his own pocket, not caring about the, the multitude of people that is impoverishing with the acts that he's doing. He doesn't give a damn now because no, there's no sense of us. Yeah. There's, there's no feeling of the communal. There's talk less of patriotism. Nobody thinks of that. Even when you think of surviving here, what you think of is jackpot. Yeah. Escape. Escape to where, bro? Wherever you're running to, you're never, ever going to be recognized as one of them. It's not possible. Look at black people all over the world. Black people in the United States are some of the most, some of the most traumatized among us. Yeah. 
they're constantly begging to just be allowed to coexist. Please don't shoot me. Please give me equal rights. <laughs> Look at what happened in Ukraine with the war. Africans were being treated like shit. I just had news again like two days ago. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, like two days ago. Um, some Africans, I think, on the border of Morocco, trying to get into trying Spain. Spain, yes, they were. They were brought up. Killed. Yeah. She treated like shit, bro. Breaks your heart. Nobody cares about black people because black people don't care about themselves. How can an animal? How can an animal be in power? And all she's all. Everything like this I'm talking about like this is, is happening now. But all you are still focused on is, ah, make I just chop this money, keep for my family, for my... Look at what is happening to us. We're losing our essence completely. Are you telling me these guys, they, they've not opened their eyes to see that? Yeah. They still don't care. What kind of life are you living? And so in, in, these, in these spaces, it's important that there are people who, in, who remind us of who we are of who we ought to be, how we ought to be. Yeah. And the things that we constantly lose on the daily. Yeah. I, if, if, if I'm working on the, not if, when I'm working on, on my next conscious project, I think this is going to primarily be the theme. Just the need to realize what it really means to be African. What is really what the true meaning of being African is, and being the best version of that. I believe that is my true purpose in this life. That's cool. So I did. I did the. I every time I've ever studied Africa and gone down to like the past and understanding who we are, one school of thought. It's even become a philosophy, uh, some Africanism, that that is very central to how we've moved is. Ubuntu, the concept of Ubuntu. I am because you are. We're all a community and we're all interconnected. That's what it is. Today, you can't ask the kid on the road what is, what does it mean to be in a community? Nah. You don't know the meaning, no. It's everybody for himself. Everybody for himself because no one is thinking about the community. No one is thinking about everyone together no one's thinking about what I, our identity is collectively so much division so much hatred even within us and also there's no particular country where black people have it good whether home or abroad how we, bro look at the world the way the world is now what is the biggest congregation of black people in the world nigeria it's nigeria now and look at the Nigeria. Look at the Nigeria. <laughs> look at the Nigeria. Where did all black people in the world, where did they come from? They came from Africa. Yes. They, they were taken as slaves. Yeah. Well, their forefathers were taken as slaves. That's every, whether you're in America, or whether you're in the Caribbean, or no, black people anywhere, your origin is here. Yeah. And here, what do we have to write home about? We are lost here. We are about, we, we look at the people that are contesting for... <laughs> We are people that are contesting to be our president. It doesn't inspire. It doesn't give us a lot of inspiration. 2022, bro. 2022, there is no yet 24 hours electricity. People are going to space. In other, they're making technological advancements. We, we still want to eat. You know that 
in the near future now, let's say Earth gets on on is no more habitable. Yeah. People, the the other people that have started making all these technological advancements, they've started acquiring yeah to export property life. in 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 other planets. Let's say we cannot exist here again, and everybody has gone. They will leave us here now. We are the ones that will be remaining here. I will, I will hold on to the rocket. <laughs> hold on to the rocket. And that is, that is the, that is the black person's story. Yes. To be the scraps, to be holding on oh, to the foot of the plane. Never, never at the center of it all. Never, this, never man? Villain. This never. can never be what we are destined to be. It's not possible. It can't be. Because if you look at the black man in every sphere of life, he is so gifted. We're so intelligent, we're so physically powerful, we're so talented. Look at athletes, look at artists, look at every, in every sphere of life, we're so gifted. But just get your shit together. So you think it all starts with an awakening to who we are? We need to know who we are, appreciate who we are, love who we are, and now start to figure out the communal what yeah. we said about earlier, what we said earlier on, I am because you are, we are together. It is us. It is us because those people out there, they're not going to recognize you because they will say you are not part of us. They have their own sense of us. So we have, we have a general election coming. Would you be partisan? Partisan? No, no, no. I've, I've never been partisan. You know, I've always tried to keep it that way. Um, but to be honest with you, mostly because there really hasn't been any candidates that I've seen that has been so convincing to me that I want to beat my chest and say, this is the guy. <laughs> okay. It's, it's hard for you to, it just hasn't to been vouch for someone. Yeah. And it, for me to vouch for someone, I have to have really seen more, and in this place that we exist in with all the crop of politicians that we've had. Have you even seen anyone like that? Not totally. Not totally. Instead, instead we move, instead what we don't clamor for good anymore. We cl we, we're clamoring for lesser evil. Mm -hmm, no. no. Right now people are looking for manageable. Yes. Just give me something that is manageable. Just move us back to zero at least. What kind of life is this, bro? It sucks. And the earlier people realize that the the mechanism that we've adopted with dealing with this is not sustainable. Better for them. Because the mechanism of, for dealing with this kind of thing is, uh, okay, uh, things rough, but no, no, no problem. God go ahead, push Fist onto the next one. Look to entertainment. Yeah. Look to humor. You know, something to distract you. You're still going to come back to your problem. You just want to cope and escape. You can't just cope and escape. Where are you escaping to? You're going to keep on running. We just said it now. Where is he, Yankee? They will keep killing you. Where is he, uh, Europe? Look at what happened in Ukraine. Look at what happened in Morocco and Boda. The black person isn't safe. The bodies, they, they, they look at you as scraps in this world. You can't, you can't let that persist. That's why, and, and, and that's why it's important that people like you stand in line. Uh, people like you continue to move us forward and, you know, hold the mirror to us more than anything. Everybody has to, though. Yeah. Everybody has to. People should not look at activism like, oh, are there some people that are there are just activists? Everybody ought to be an activist Act in their own way. Activism is a group, it's a group effort. At the end of the day, it is. So 
Don't just look like, ah, just there, pause there. No, make we all, because they, 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 the only thing greater than the people in power is the power of the people. Then, uh, for, for this, surely with the elections coming, there's also this, it's also the, the, I, I think we're as collectively as young people also, um, I think we're also haunted by what happened during NSARS. I think it plays, a lot of us might not talk about it directly, but it plays a role in influencing our behavior and our attitude towards our country and this election. Mm. Does, does, it, does it influence how you, how, how you consider this election? Does it flavor it in any way for you? It makes me even more angry makes me even more angry to the to, to the point that I am participating by all means and I'm making sure that I vote and that my vote stays protected. Do you get what I'm saying? That's, okay. that's how it feeds into me. Um, I understand that a lot of people might have felt hard hit. Yeah. You know, it was a rough time. If there's anyone that felt hard hit, trust me, I did. You know, feeling a huge mix of weird emotions, yeah. you know, some of utmost sadness, yeah. you know, a certain level of guilt, if you like, you know, this, this, all this stuff happened around my birthday as well, yeah. you know, not really being able to fully escape that trauma yeah. you know, for a very long time, it, it would still be like that. So trust me, talking about hard hit, I felt it. However, when you're fighting some certain battles, you know that that initial explosion, yeah, it's, it's, it will shake you, but you have to get up and go again and again and again because we're really far gone. It's not, it's not going to be bins and there, there's going to be unfortunate incidents like that, but we have to keep it going. And yeah, of course, everyone, it's, it's easier to say because a lot of people will be afraid. You know, a lot of people might even feel so discouraged and all that stuff, but we can't afford to let all that get to us. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for doing this, to be honest, because I know a lot of people who would rather put their head in the sun, but you run towards the danger and you run towards the danger. And I'm grateful for that because you, you represent what we all ought to be. And thank you for that. Thank you. Appreciate that. 2022, you're out with another project, Bad. Beautiful project. I've been listening to it. I Thank think you. I think my best song here is Gentleman. Thank you. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I right. my song is Gentleman. Right. I'm an old right. soul. So woman right. woman appeals to me because I'm an old soul. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But Gentleman, it just speaks to me. With this one, I was also at your listening for this. And a lot of your comments regarding this project spoke about um, advancement, about experimentation, about the inc uh, incorporation of new elements into your work. Why is it, why is this experimentation important to you? Why is it such a cardinal point for you to move towards? For me, it's a, it, it's a, um, it's an important thing in art history. Okay. Evolution. You have to constantly evolve, you know, with times, with you know, sounds constantly evolve. And um, it's almost like giving yourself a new face. Yeah. You know, this is this guy, but okay, this guy has turned it around and this is now him. It's still him, but with a new face. It's like 
you know, those things keep it fresh, keep it interesting, keep it exciting. And, um, you know, that's what I try to do here. What did it take out of you? Did you, did you have to go through learning? What, what did it take out of you? Pushed me, pushed me a lot, especially vocally. Yeah. Pushed me, pushed me. Um, um, it just made me have to be open, open to trying certain sounds that, you know, I, I'm not used to trying. Um, but to be honest, that has always been me. I've always been ready to experiment. <laughs> so, so it wasn't too demanding. It wasn't too demanding. And you were your most emotional here. Yeah. Yes. You, you're like, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, um, not just in, your, your sincerity shines from all your projects, but there's a lot of vulnerability, vulnerability and surrender here. Yeah. 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 Vulnerability. And, um, I, I, I figured it's a, it's an emotion that we need to embrace more generally as people, even me, myself personally, you know, that's an emotion that we need to embrace a lot more. And I decided to project that with the music. Yeah. And even talking about experimentation. So there's this stuff that's been going on. One of the conversations about like hip hop and rap and, and Afro bits and how everything blends together. I always get into problems when I talk about how the rap we got from the US, when when it came down here and we adopted and adapted it, it became Afrobeats. Like, look at our aesthetics. It's hip hop. Today, we can be the biggest singers who might be playing our high life, but with our gold chains mm. and our attitude and our swag, mm. even while playing the high life and singing. <laughs> Think about it like that. You can stand, when you, when you buff up, Mm -hmm. On a normal video shoot, when you buff up, you can stand beside any other art, American art, American hip hop star that's pulled from his video shoot. You guys can literally exchange in terms of aesthetics. Mm. Have you, have you, have you ever seen it like that? Yeah, of course, because there's a huge influence yeah. of, uh, of the hip hop culture from, from the United States, especially the yeah. huge influence. Um, nobody, nobody can doubt that. Um, the, the hip hop culture in the United States kind of diffused itself through the world, yeah. the entire world. Sure. And um, everyone sort of adapted and infused it into their own music culture. So I think that's why. So when people say things like, uh, when I talk about rap and I say, you know, yes, um, people generally believe hip hop is dying. But I don't believe hip hop is dying. Hip hop can never ever die. In, especially in this market. What I do believe is, what we consider hip hop and what we consume as hip hop has constantly shifted and mm -hmm. constantly changes. So an artist like you now, you are not giving us one are gonna um, <laughs> you're not giving us that. Instead, you're telling us, you're speaking to us in our voice. You're speaking to us, telling giving us our stories, but you're still rapping yeah. to us. Yeah. And even the sound, it's still hip hop. Even on every level, bro. Even yeah. on every level. On every even in that America, in yeah. that United States, eh? Where hip hop originated from. If you think about Tupac and Biggie, that's an era. Yes. That's hip hop. Yeah. If you think about Outcast, yes. That's an era. That's mm -hmm. hip hop. If you think about Jay Z, that's an era, that's hip hop. If you think about Kanye West, that's an era. That's hip hop. If you think about Lil Wayne. Yes. That's an era. That's hip hop. Think about Drake. Think about Drake. That's an entirely different era. That's hip hop. If you think about 
Migos. Migos. Yes. <laughs> so think oh, about baby. Think baby, about little baby. Little baby. Little baby. baby. Dark. So there's there's been different versions of hip hop. All still hip hop. There's no strict way to doing this thing. <laughs> what what I think what just is the constant thing is that rap music is what is still, you know, you're still rapping essentially, yeah. but doing it in different ways. In different, and there's no rigidity to yeah. hip hop. That's what makes it so beautiful. There's no rigidity to it. However it enters, make it the enter the go. Sure. You know, whatever bounce is making everybody move now, let that be the bounce, you know? And there have been so many, so many different variations. There's trap, there's drill, you know, there's so many different variations of hip hop. Do you think you, you, do you have, have you ever felt like disrespected when these conversations come up? Cause I know people that would say, Files does not do like a certain type of hip hop. Has that, has that, has that in any way influenced how you've moved? Me, I'm from day one, me, I never, I've never sent all these things now. It's not sign me. If you like, make uh, all those, uh, what's it called? All these all top 10 rappers, top this. Mm. If you like, put me. If you like, don't put me. <laughs> if you like, consider me a rapper. If you like, don't consider me a rapper. Like I said, my artistry is way beyond all these things. I do not even want to be boxed. So if you can't, or if you think that because I'm not doing surgery, then okay, I'm not a rapper. Okay, no problem. Then I'm not a rapper. <laughs> as long as you consider me an artist and I'm making music, music that is popping, that is sufficient for me. I don't need, I don't need groupings. Human being has this tendency, this innate tendency to want to group things, group things. label things. Yeah. Oh, this is what this is called. Because it creates order for people. It, it helps them to create order, I guess. Yeah. But you know, with art, there has to be a certain level of chaos yeah. for more beauty to arise. Because art is disruption. It dis disrupts the status quo. You have to default. Because if you're just following the status quo, then how are we going to stop in our tracks and be like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> sure. How how do we how do we how do we move it forward? Yeah, how do we move it forward? How do we put another spin on it? You know, if if people wanted to follow the status quo, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been trapped. There wouldn't sure. have been drill. There wouldn't have been all these new yeah. subgenres. All this emo and all the they uh, when we when, when when I heard first time I heard one of my biggest influences to date, and I will always say yeah. uh, a group called the Tribesmen. First time I heard the Tribesmen. Yeah. My head busted dead. I said, what is this? LD and his gang. Mm. Now rap be this so, yeah. but it tells story and it's funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? I was like, yo, I want to do this kind of shit. And, um, you know, at the time it was mixed, also mixed with influences from outside as well. I think that was when Kanye dropped, college dropout. Yeah. You know, those were still early days. Uh, you know, at least my early days for, you know, introduction into hip hop. So it was like, yo, this is a beautiful sort of art. So, but all I'm just trying to say is all that has evolved. Yeah. You know, look at my art versus th those kind of songs yeah. versus the ones that even came before that. You know, there's always going to be evolution and that's what music is about. And uh, with Nollywood, what you've been able to do into Nollywood is with Nollywood, you've been able to build not just a career, someone who's outside looking in. You are Nollywood. 
like when they write the story of Nollywood, you are a part of it. You've starred in a number of movies. Um, every from twenty fifteen, your filmography from twenty fifteen up until twenty twenty one. Up in twenty twenty one, you have yeah. credits. Yeah, other stuff in the biggest movies, big movies as well. Yeah, what what yeah. the what is your part your participation in Hollywood? What does it add to your life? What does it add to your existence? What does it give you? Fulfillment. Fulfillment as an artist. Okay. Fulfillment as an artist. I've always been a huge lover of film. Um, I've always wanted to create. Yeah. You know? Um, I've always wanted to be a part of the creation of film. So. Now being involved, it you know it's fulfillment. It's like okay, um, like I said earlier on, as an artist, I'm very first a consumer. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a an art form that I just love. I just love it, whether it's consuming it or you know whatever it is. I just love it. Now I want to create. You know, so that's why I would always be in film from now till whenever, whenever, because it's it's enjoyable for me it comes to you but did you have practice no not really at least the way i got into it no now that i'm in it of course i find ways to continue to hone and uh nurture my talent of course but um getting into it yeah how, how did you no. get into it was uh, it was it an offshoot of your comedy yeah so from those crazy videos i used to do those funny videos uh those skits at the very beginning um um, I think the first call I got was from, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Jennifer's Diary. Big shout out to Funke Akindele. It's 2015. So 2015 was... Yeah, after uh, What's Up Get. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm trying to figure which project was. It's Jennifer's, Jennifer's Diary. Jennifer's Diary, okay. Couple, couple of days. Okay, couple of days. Uh -huh. Couple of days is what I was trying to remember. Jennifer's Diary was the first call I got officially that come, there's something, you know, there's a series I'm working on. I have a character I want you to play. I was like, yo, I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> Obviously, it's the great Funke Akindele as well. So at the time, I, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer. I want to do that. Um, but coincidentally, before I ended up uh, filming that, another guy had reached out to me for this movie called Couple of Days. Yeah. So I ended up filming that one first. Um, that one was a, it was like a supporting role. Yeah, you ain't getting man there. I was in Gitsman. That is hilarious. That that's actually the first role I ever played. It's Gitsman. <laughs> so funny. I was in Gitsman. Um, yeah. And um, of course, Jennifer's Diary, what turned out to be a huge, huge role, award-winning role as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was the second thing I did. Um, yeah, yeah. And moving through all these productions, um, for you, First, Nollywood, how do they treat you? They treat you like, do they treat you like one of their own? Or yes. As, yeah, or as someone who's, who's visiting. You know how it feels when you're yeah. not fully embraced by a community because people feel you're parachuting. Mm. I I think I'm, I, I would say I'm being treated like a part of, a part of the community. Um, I've been, I think I've been in enough to be regarded as, a part of the community and um it also show it also depends on the, en the kind of energy that you bring okay if you bring that kind of energy like oh i'm just passing by then i guess you'd be treated in that manner but you know i guess 
on productions I've been I've been quite a trooper. And you've also been winning um also you also have I'm looking at it. Yes sir. Right there. You have your uh your AMVCA. AMVCA. Two also. two by them for them. Two, yes. Yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Best actor in the comedy series. Yeah. And the second one was 2008, 2018, um, best, best, uh, supposing actor. Yeah. Best supposing actor in the movie. Um, that was for new money. New money. Yeah. First one was for Jennifer's diary. You should feel accomplished. I do. <laughs> I do to a certain, to a certain extent. I feel fulfilled. Yeah. Fulfilled. Maybe not hundred percent accomplished because I'm still on the journey, yeah. but I feel fulfilled to a large extent. Yeah. And, and with, uh, with something like comedy, you know, comedy, I get the feeling that you collapsed your comedy into Nollywood. Mm. I get that feeling. It, it, it feels like comedy, Nollywood was a good vehicle to properly make your comedy, to properly scale your comedy. Yeah. It's always, it's more arranged. Yeah. It's more, also more serious. Yeah. When it's in a, something of more tangible form. Yeah. Other than just, you know, skits. Yeah, skits that are maybe monetized or whatever. You know, when it's in a proper form, like in a film or in like a TV show, and, you know, it just feels more like, okay, it's more of an asset. It's more of a, yeah. So that's, that was why I sort of leaned more uh, into that. And it also felt like a natural growth path progression. Yeah, a natural progression for me as well. Yeah. But, but you, you, did you ever have dreams of having a stand-up or something? No, I feel like stand-up is a completely different art. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like stand-up is a completely different art. We, stand-up is probably one of the most difficult things to do in this life. We don't have a lot of stand-ups here. Yeah, we don't have that much, that many uh, stand-up comedians like that now. I mean, they're comedians, but people that really do stand-up, stand-up. Oh, no, <laughs> that that's, takes a lot. Ah, it's but, not easy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank but, you. but before before we end this, because we've done a lot of this, thank you so much. And thank you for doing this. This is the second time we are recording this. We we're supposed the first time we scheduled this, I got into a lot of biggie. <laughs> Long story, right? I couldn't Nigeria I happened to Nigeria, you. Yeah, Nigeria happened to me, so I missed it. And thank you for having to reschedule again. I appreciate it. Oh, bro. Uh, uh with all of this happening for you, um, you know. You've done a lot. A lot has happened. And there's still a lot, that you, a lot of plans. Like we just spoke about your new plans. There's a spin-off for the, for the therapy happening. There's also another project coming out. Yeah, yeah. there's a movie. I literally just put out a poster today. So yeah. There's a movie that I'm in. Um, it's, um, it's a Jade Shibiru production. Um, nice. Just in case you didn't know, Jade, Jade did uh, Sugar Rush. Yeah, she's amazing. Jade, Jade is amazing. She's she's one of our super work. She's one of our royal, Nollywood royalty. Her work, her work is super, super. Um, so um, yeah, it's called Brotherhood. Oh, nice. It's an action film. Oh, it's an action film. Very gang gang. It's the one that has. Is it the one that has the one MC that, Macaroni and Macaroni is in it as well. Basket Mouth is in it. Oh, it's uh, I literally play lead myself and Toby Bakri. For real? We are twin brothers. <laughs> okay. With two brothers in the story, and it's like when when is it out? Uh, September. 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 Yes. I can't it's wait. Out in cinemas in September. I can't wait. I can't wait. So with all of this happening, like what's in it for? When you talk boils down, what what are you trying to extract from all of this? 
this life that you have built and you've you're leaving and you've led what would make it all come together for you hmm hmm being able to affect lives positively okay. you know just having a great legacy legacy is important to me well you come from legacy yeah legacy is important for me important to me just being able to after all said and done after we are long gone whether we have grown old or we have retired or whatever it is just being able to be a figure that positively affected lives and you know the situation around him yeah that would make everything come together for me thank you so much thank you appreciate it thank you thank you thank you thank you